It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to the officially unofficial podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Junta. We're joined with a longtime friend of the podcast, and I've talked about him multiple times about him being the reason for the success of the show and uh, helping me out earlier in the years here. It's Kansas City Royals pitcher Amir Garrett. What's up, AG? How we doing, brother? What's the deal, bro? First of all, don't don't give me that credit. This is this is this is you. You know what I mean? Your 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 podcast and stuff like that. Just over the years and seeing it blow up, like coming to fruition. Remember, we was talking on a Fortnite and you was talking about what you wanted to do so that, that's all you brother I just you know helped you out a little bit that's nothing I just got on the podcast and was like you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm with you but that, yeah that's no, all you're, you. yeah it's just yeah I always show appreciation but I wanted to I mean let's go in last time we had you on man you were on the Reds you didn't have a kid you I mean this was way before like everything happened like you got traded all that type of stuff so I wanted to go into the trade so you get dealt to the Kansas City Royals how like what was your feelings that day? Because you were obviously you come up through the, with the Reds, you've been with that system your entire career, and then just on a random day you get traded. So what was like running through your mind? How did you find out? And like what was like the first thought you had? Um, you know, when it, it was kind of like I kind of knew that I had a chance to get traded, and I kind of didn't. Like you want know, once they ship like Gino and Winker off, like Winker is your all star left fielder. It was like it's anybody's time to go now. Like you, you see what they were trying to do. Like they were just trying to just rip the whole team apart and stuff like that. And realistically, they did not need to because we just made the, you know, we just had like 80-some wins. We made the playoffs the year before that. But uh, when I got the call, you know, like we changed it to the Royals, like it was bittersweet, bro. Like I felt kind of like I was I was sad because I'm like, damn, like in this game, no matter how much loyalty you have or, you know, to a city, to a team, like I didn't want to go, but – you know, it's the front office had different plans. And it's like, no matter how loyal you are, like you want to be there, like it could be your time at any time. Like they'd be like, all right, it's over. Like your tenure here is go- is done. Like, so I, I was sad, man. I had some uh, big emotions that day. Uh, Cincinnati gave me like, you know, they gave me a chance to to do not what a lot of people uh, were able to do. I was able to play basketball and professional baseball. And they gave me, you know, they gave me a pretty good bonus to do both. And, that doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like they, they invested a million dollars into me and they let me play basketball. So I was, I was forever. I am forever grateful to them. You know, um, that was the, the, the team that I came up with. And, you know, all those guys in that clubhouse, uh, I grew, I grew up with them, you know, since 2011, most of those guys. And I was, I, I was a boy and I turned to a man there. So, you know, I'm always going to have a special place for Cincinnati in my heart, man. It's, it's all love with those guys. It's just weird. I mean, obviously, we talk about front offices and loyalty and stuff like that. Being a player, does it piss you off when you hear these fans say, like, this player has no fucking loyalty, like, he'll just go for the money, he'll do that type of stuff? When you see front offices shipping dudes off, like Winker, who loves playing in Cincinnati, like you, who love playing in Cincinnati and stuff like that, like, 
did you did does that stuff piss you off as athletes when you hear these fans like just say that type of shit where it's like this guy has no fucking loyalty towards this team he doesn't give a fuck about us and the, the fans and stuff like that yeah bro it sucks because you're it's like bro like you guys don't even know like Half the time, like, you see guys in, like, free agency. I haven't been through the free agency process yet. It's, I'm going to be my first year after this season. But, like, I know guys that, like, they're like, hey, like, I'm not even going to come back here because, like, the fans, like, that's a big factor into a, a lot of guys' decision as well, like the atmosphere of baseball in that town or, you know, how the fans act or, you know what I mean? So it's just, like, sometimes it's out of your control. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like it, 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 sometimes a lot of the times teams don't even come back to you like, you know, and be like, hey, like we want to sign you back. And like fans don't know that. And it's like, all right, well, well I got to go somewhere where, I, where I'm wanted. You know what I mean? And you know, it's a tough situation to be in. But when you hear that stuff, it's kind of disappointing because, uh, I mean, as, as a player, as me, I was loyal to Cincinnati. You know what I mean? Like I took pride in every night somebody come in. Like I didn't like the disrespect, like. You know, like, you don't fuck with Cincinnati. You know what I mean? And I would go to, I would, you know, obviously everybody knew what I did with the Pirates. And I was like, don't fuck with us. Like, you know what I mean? This is our city. This is my team. You know, I'm going to do whatever I got to do for my boys. And that's how it is with with Kansas City now. I I, I wear uh, Kansas City proudly now. Yeah, no, I mean, that team you guys have is electric. And I guess we can go into that as well. Like, I want to talk about Bobby Witt because when you came to Toronto, you and I went to lunch and we talked about him and stuff like that. But I want to get this on the record. What is it like playing with a kid that is so young, but he's just fu- disgusting at the game of baseball? Because you never really had that in Cincinnati because they kind of would wait to call guys up. With the Royals, they give all these young kids a shot. Yeah, it was it definitely something that, you know, it's it's different. You know, uh, I, I actually, my comparison for Bobby Whip was Jonathan India. And I told I told uh, Bobby Whip when I went there, I was like, hey, I used to kick with India a lot. He ran rookie of the year. You know what I mean? It's, it's your time. You're the truth. He's I call him the truth because, bro, there's nothing on the baseball field that he can't do. Like he can field his range. He can he can you know make the really really difficult plays. Like he can hit, bro. Like when I look at Bobby, he's just a kid playing, bro. Like his approach to me, like m- my personal opinion, like it's just like he's just in the backyard playing baseball, just having fun. You know what I mean? And a lot of guys don't have that. A lot of guys are you know thinking too much into things and I see Bobby he just goes out there and plays bro and he just has a smile on his face at all times and uh I know he was uh his dad was in the league for a long time and you obviously tell because when Bobby uh when he um broke with the team it's like hey what do you guys need or like hey like we're telling hey Bobby make sure you get this make sure you do that and not one time he ever like talked back or like it's like okay you know what I mean? Like, what do you guys need? Like, that's that's very rare in a rookie to see that, and especially the kind of caliber player as Bobby is. He was the number one prospect. Like, I know guys coming up or, you know, when I was a young buck, it's like, they're like, hey, do this. You're like, nah, I don't think I'm going to do that. Like, you think, you think, you think you're hot shit. And Bobby, not one time, I've never seen him act like that. Like, he's just a good kid, man. He's just, he has the whole package, and I'm excited for what, what's to come this year. A funny story. So I, I made a joke about Bobby Witt a couple uh, years ago when he got drafted. Uh, and obviously, like, it's just like a funny joke. Like, when he got drafted, his dad is like a multimillionaire, obviously. He played in the yeah. show for a lot of time. And he bought his dad a car. And I was just like, dude, like, your dad could buy a hundred of these fucking things. <laughs> like, that's why I was just like, it's just like, it's such a little funny thing. It's like, 
he bought his dad a car. It was like, your dad could buy a thousand. He's a multimillionaire. But going back into your career, I, are you still mad about, because our friendship obviously kind of grew when I made that funny video on Twitter about you not making the all-star game. Are you <laughs> still mad about that shit? Because that, I mean, looking back on your stats, back, I think I mentioned in the video, that was a fucking absolute bullshit botch job, right? Like, what, like do you still look back at that and be like, how did I not make this team? I mean, yeah, they took that one from me. Uh, but, you know, as in this game, like, if you're not a closer, especially something like that, no matter what stats you got, like, in, in depending on what, like, what the, what league you're in and what kind of pitchers they have, like, you're not, you, you're not going to make it. You know, you can be a setup man. You can have, you know, you can have uh, all these elite stats, but if there's a guy that has more saves or whatever, they're going to make it or a starter, they're going to make it. Cause those are like, you know, technically the exciting, you know, pitchers that of, of the game, you know, the, the starters and the closers, but you know, that's, that's something you have to move on from. Um, you know, that was 2019, but you know, I'm 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 just grateful that I'm in I'm I'm in the big leagues for as long as I've been. You know what I mean? And and I look I look back every single day and it's like, you know, none of that matters. You know, it's just what I do moving forward. You know, hopefully I can go out there and, and, and get one this year, you know. And if not, then I hopefully I can get one next year. You know what I mean? I'm just gonna I just keep it pushing. You know, what yeah. I, mean? I just keep it pushing. No, I saw also like uh, on Twitter, you're working with that baseball company Codify or something like that. What 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 are they uh are they like looking at your pitch sequences and like trying to find ways you can like improve on you. Like, what are they doing with you? Uh, so when you codify is like a really good, um, they make, they make things like so simple, you know what I mean? And it's like, for me, it's, I have two pitches and you know, they, they come to me and it's like, Hey, look at, look, look at like red is obviously bad and blue is good. And it's like, look how much blue you have to right-handed or left-handed hitters with only two pitches. He was like, that's that's very dominating. Like, you don't see that a lot. Like, throw your fastball here, throw your slider here, and you're going to get out. And in the, or in, in my case, it was like, okay, you throw your fastball here, your slider here. Like, guys don't do damage to you in these in these um, places. So when I went to them, you know, the biggest thing for me is, like, I don't give up hard hits. I don't give up extra base hits. I just walk guys, you know, and that's, that was what hurt me a lot this year was walking guys, obviously. But, you know, I, I strike out a lot of guys and it's like, for me in my mind, it was like, if I just throw the ball down the middle, I'm going to get results. You know what I mean? And, and as, as pitchers in the big leagues or, you know, when you're coming up and in, in playing baseball, uh, you're tied. Hey, don't throw the ball down the middle. And it's like, bro, hitting is hard, right? Hitting is hard. Like, you can throw the, you can get away with throwing the ball down the middle, you know what I mean? Or you can set up guys, you know, by getting getting over with the with the with the, with the pitch down the middle. And now, like, say a hitter doesn't swing or he looks at that, now you set him up because, you know, he's not thinking you're going to come down the middle again with another one. He might take that one again. But just working with Codify is just they made things so simple. And um, you know, for me, it's just don't walk guys. You know, that's it. And you know, I, I seen a big improvement uh, this year from working with them, and I'm still gonna work with them moving forward. It's just like, you know, they, they look at their look look at all the other pitchers they have. Like, you know, they they their their track record speaks for themselves. You know what I mean? And they're a good company to be a part of. Yeah, and I'm not listen. I'm not a stats guy by any means, but just looking at your like, um, just your splits on your baseball savant page and stuff like that, like. People, anyone can look at like ERA and be like, this guy had a bad year. But like, 
your expected batting average against this year was the second lowest of your career. Uh, your your hard hit percentage, your your barrel percentage was the second lowest of your career this year. Um, what else was it? I, there's another one that I'm looking at. Probably um, the fifth was the lowest. It's ever yeah, been. your fifth was the lowest it's been. The barrels is the lowest it's been. Like you just had a lot of unlucky situations with like inherited runners and like stuff like that and all that type of stuff. Like, and I believe your second half of your of the year, you just you just turned it around completely. If I remember correctly, let me pull this up here because um. Yeah, I mean, obviously, looking at the looking at those stats and the expected batting average being so low and stuff like that, is that something that that company has brought up to you and been like, if we can replicate the second half of the year, you're gonna have a monster 2023 season and stuff like that? Yeah, but also I know that as a player, like you know, when you're when you're when you be when you're around the game for so long, you you know these things. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, my biggest things were the walks. Uh, yeah, walks will kill you. You know what I mean? Walks will kill you. I had three games this year that really ballooned my ERA. It's like I gave up like four and got like one out. And, and, you know, another time I was very unlucky. I got two outs and gave up like four again. And then like another one, I gave up five. But it's like you take those three out and I'm my ERA is like even at a three. You know what I mean? And it's, you can't do nothing about that. It's the, the it's just the nature of baseball. And that's why my fifth is so low because that tells the true story. Like I strike out a lot of guys. Like your ERA is going to be, you know, the FIP is is what tells the story. Like I don't give up extra base hits. Like guys don't hit me. I don't give up home runs. Like, you know what I mean? So like when you look at stuff like that and these stats that you're throwing out, it gives you, you know, a light in your head. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm good. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 no problem. You know, for me, you know, that's just it's just it's getting the ball over the plate. And, you know, I walked the highest I've ever walked this year. And that's no problem. That that can easily be fixed. You know what I mean? And that, I think that's like a more of a mental game and having confidence. It's like for my past years, I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to throw the ball over the plate, do what you need to do. And, you know, after I throw the ball, it's out of my control. So, you know, we just go and uh, we've been, I've been working this offseason really hard, you know, on my command and stuff like that. So I'm not really worried about that. No, dude. And I, I know the front offices see that because your name has been brought up like a shit ton um in trade talks and stuff like that because obviously the royals are going in a different direction and obviously you as a guy that's going to be a free agent next year that's something that's going to obviously happen you getting dealt and stuff like that unless they're in like deep in the race and stuff so i mean teams look at that and you're like a hot commodity i know i talked about you being like a lot of toronto people talking about you getting trade here and stuff like that how do you prepare for that mentally knowing that you're going into a season here with the royals where you don't know where you're going to be like let's say hypothetically in july like august you have no idea where you'll be or what team you'll be playing with and stuff like that especially having a family i mean you know i can't look at that like when i put on that royals jersey i'm all in for the royals no matter what like every single game like even if you know it comes late july and it's like the deadline we have a game that day guess what i'm a Kansas city royal so um i'm always just gonna you know go and, and give it my all for them right now or whoever whatever team i'm on at the time but uh, right now, I don't think I could worry about that. It's, I have a family, yes, but my wife understands, you know, that this is a business. But there, she's always ready. So, you know, the, with the support system that I have, I think I have a support system that's that's a lot better than most. So, you know, my wife, my wife is is ready to do whatever at at any time. You know what I mean? And you know, my family and my my father and stuff like that. You know, it's 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 no thing when you have a, a when you come from a good family. You know what I mean? Because 
I could just make one call. Hey, we out. Like, pack up the house. Let's go. We're we're good. And, you know, it's no complaints. Yeah, and going back to Cincinnati, I forgot to mention this. I think Cincinnati's like an underrated because I went to I went to go see uh, Luplo and Hager when they played the Reds. It is like an underrated, like has a kind of sick of a, a night a night scene, you know, like going to the bars and stuff like that. There's that street. What's that yeah. street behind home plate where it's just a full street of just all like outdoor bars and like people can walk around drinking and stuff like that? What's that called? Yeah, it, it's right out the stadium. It's it's, the, it's called the Banks, and it's pretty nice. You know, it's there's a lot of people out there, and um, you know, Cincinnati baseball like they deserve a winning tradition because you know when we made the playoffs and when we were winning and. Like that, that that town is that town comes alive, um, you know. And they, yeah, it's called the Banks, but it's it's a really great atmosphere, like you was talking about. What was like the craziest atmosphere you've played in there? Because I know you you obviously were a part of some pretty decent teams when it was like Vado, Suarez, yeah. Winker, all those guys. So you played in some sick atmospheres there. I mean, well, so there was a time in 2019, like when we were in like the hunt a little bit, like we we're like six games out or something like that, and. We we're, were playing pretty good, and we didn't end up, you know, getting in. But you know, we were we were like, when you're when you're when you're six games back in like July or August, like you're like, okay, let's do this, like let's turn it on. And you know, Cincinnati really came alive uh, at that point. And then uh, we when we also made the the playoffs in 2020, there wasn't there was no, no fans, fans in the stands, but you can feel like just outside, like you know what I mean. The atmosphere was, was you know, people. When you would go around or you go shopping or some people would be like, hey, man, let's go. Let's do it. And then in 2021, you know, there was a lot of like opening day. There's insane, bro. Like opening day is insane. It's the best like, you know, environment that I've ever been across, like on opening day. That that shit is this. There's it's second to none, you know, because Cincinnati was the, the first baseball team, MLB baseball team. And every year they have every year you in Cincinnati, you have to open up at Cincinnati. Like there's there, you don't, you don't open up on the road. You open, if you play for the Reds, you're going to open up there. So that atmosphere on opening day is, is, is pretty sick. And going back to like the season they had last year, like you didn't give up a fucking home run. I yeah. Just, what the, how wild is that to be like, I mean, obviously, like you said, you're like a low percentage home run type of guy, but no one got you this year. Like, no one could pimp a home run off you. No one could do shit off of you. Was that something you knew going close to, like, the end of the year where you like, I can't give one up here. Like, I got to go a full Bro, year without giving up a new. That shit, that shit is actually insane because it's like, you never want to jinx yourself. There was one time when uh, Spencer Torkelson came up and he he hit a ball. And uh, I'm like, damn, that's my first one. That's my first one. And he ended up getting a triple. It was off the wall. And I'm like, yes. And he didn't hit it hard. But I'm like, yes, it was off the wall. And I ended up, like, striking off the side or something like that. And I'm like, yes, thank the Lord. Like, I didn't give up one. But, you know, that's pretty hard to do um, is not give them home run all year. But also, you got to factor in, like, our park is, is pretty big. But I didn't give up one at any park, right? So, um, you know, that's that, that's pretty sick to, 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 to have that. You know, hopefully I can – replicate that this year but i think it'd be pretty hard to do but uh that just credits to you know not giving up hard hits you know what i mean yeah. and that's something that that i was trying to work on you know what i mean and i think that's what also caused me to walk a lot because i started like nitpicking a lot like it's like okay you know get 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 the ball to the spot or whatever and that that wasn't me you know what i mean i just go attack hitters and stuff like that and, and you know like i said throw the ball down the middle if you hit it you hit it you don't then good for me but uh yeah let's hopefully hope let's hope that i could replicate that again this year 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I'm going to start the campaign to like get you on like a like a playoff team. I'm going to start calling you Mr. October. I'm looking at your stats here. You've only given up two earned runs in your entire career in the month of October. So we're just going to start the narrative. I'm going to get the listeners. We're going to start the narrative that you're Mr. October. No, don't do that to me, Johnny. Don't do that to me because they're going to tear me up. It's a wild that. stat. It's a wild hey, stat hey, to bring up. They are they are they are trolls out there, bro. Don't do that to me. Man. We just uh... You know what I mean? We just don't keep quiet on that. There's actually a funny story between me uh, with me and you. So I wanted to do this type of show where I used to get trolls on this podcast and like people that used yeah. to come at you and other guys. Do you remember that? Where yeah, I remember. I interviewed a guy and uh, like it, it's like an un- it's an unreleased tape. It was a Cubs fan that came at you, started like just being an absolute fucking moron. Um, faked. Do you remember how we faked and lied that he worked for Barstool? Where he yeah, was like, he I work for Barstool. Barstool. But so anyways, he came on the podcast and like, I was just asking like, why are you just such a fucking like moron and shit like that? And he started being like racist and stuff. So I obviously had to delete the podcast and shit like that. But what fan base do you think gives it to you the most? Is it the Cubs still probably? Yeah, we didn't, we didn't play the Cubs this year, but like, it's actually pretty sick though. Like, cause once, like when you engage with people sometimes, like, and you, and you joke around with them back, like. Most of the time, it's just it's all love. Like, but you get those guys that are just like miserable. Like, you know what I mean? It's the January like, Sixers. That's what. That's yeah. what you- <laughs> they're they're just miserable, and you're like, bro, like, what's good? Like, you're over here, like, you just paid to watch me play or watch the team, your team play. But no matter what, you still paid for the ticket. But it's like, why even be miserable with your life? Like, let's just let's just you know let's just shoot the shit, have some fun, and if not, then go about your business. But. You know, there's a lot of fan bases out there. Like, I thought Yankees were going to be really bad when I was out there. And it's like, I was engaging with them, having fun with them. And they're like, hey, G, you're a good dude. Like, they like behind. And then it's like, when I went to Red Sox, when I went to Boston, that was my first time playing at Boston. And the fans are, like, right there. And it's like, they were all talking shit. And it's like, hey, what up? Like, you know what I mean? They're like, hey, G, man. Hey, hey, you got a fan <laughs> for life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm over there I'm shooting the shit with them, chilling. You know what I mean? But. There's a lot of fan bases out there that that could be harsh. Uh, Dodgers fans are the worst. Well, I, I don't hey, bro, know if I Dodgers told the story. Are, Dodgers fans are tough, bro. They're tough. I don't God, know if I told the guy, story on the somebody... podcast, but Matzik, Tyler Matzik told me a story yeah. where his wife was getting death threats uh, by Dodgers fans because obviously that he had that massive playoff run against them where he like only gave up a run in like eight innings in the playoffs against that, them. That, that shit right there is uncalled for, bro. Like that shit is like that goes like beyond baseball, bro. Like it's whack, like. We were there in in, in nineteen, and in the, in the, in the fans spit on our bullpen catcher. And like I was in the game, but no, no, two thousand twenty one, this happened, right? And I was in the game, and I and they told me, and I was like, bro, like if I was there, like we'd have had to get to it. Like you spit on you spit on me, you spit on my, like we got to get to it. I would have been out been out there, bro. Like you know what I mean? Like that's disgusting for you to spit on somebody. I got in. I didn't get into it with somebody. Like I was being escorted in in, in the Dodgers, like to to my friend's car, He'd, like pick me up or whatever. The guy is like talking shit to me. I'm like, bro, like, get out my face. Like, I'm not gonna give you the time of day. Like, you know what I mean? And the officer, I was walking this out. He was like, bro, like, I'm sorry. Like, this is brutal. Like, these people have like 
no they don't respect. care, bro. They, they don't care. But that's stupid though. Like that that that's what makes things like that's why athletes like shy away from like talking to fans sometimes because you get like people like that that ruin it for everybody. You know what I mean? Like just ruin it. Like I, I know you got you you seen this year, you know, I threw a drink on a fan this year. Like it's not something I'm proud of, but it's like at some point, like and the guy wasn't even like like he was just trolling, like you know what I mean? And uh, See, I'm on your side with that though. I, I was actually on the opposite side. Like, I I thought I don't know if you were forced to do it. I thought you shouldn't have apologized for that. Like, if he no, was, this is this is this is why the that that guy like I reached out, like talked to him. Like, he didn't say anything like like crazy to me. You know what I mean? But it was like just a heated moment. I'm trying to talk to him. I'm like, bro. Like, first of all, he was like on top of the dugout. He shouldn't have been there on top of the dugout. Like, the the, the workers should have been like, hey, like sit down. Like, you know what I mean? But, uh, like, I, I talked to the dude, and he was so cool. Like, he was like, man, that reaction, like, he was like, bro, he was like, that was, like, sick. He was like, that, he was like my son thought that was so cool. And I was like, nah, I don't, I don't like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, that's not me. Like, I didn't, you know, I don't, I don't want to be, like, seen like that. But at the end of the day, I'm human. You know what I mean? But I sent the guy a jersey and everything. He was cool about it. He was like, hey, man, he was like, let me know, like, if who you got to, like, send me to to talk to NBA, I mean, MLB to, like, like, they shouldn't have suspended you. That was stupid. Like, let me talk to, like, somebody. I was like, no, you good, bro. Like, you know, uh, do stupid things, win stupid prizes. And that was my prize, right? A suspension and, and a fine. So I was like, okay, with that, like, I stand on what I do and I accept every consequence. But, you know, sometimes it just, you know, as a human being, like, you're like, damn, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and that was in a situation that was even bad. But there's, I've been a part of other situations that are, that are terrible, that are terrible, and you just got to – hold your tongue and stuff like that. And it's crazy because it's like, that's how I look at it. If you go to a zoo, right? And say you go up to a lion's den and the window's right there, you're not going to be just banging on the, the window and banging on the, and antagonizing the lion. You know what I mean? Just because you have a ticket to come in to the zoo, right? You're not going to do that because it'd be a stupid thing and you don't want to like antagonize the animals. It's like, sometimes people do that to us. And they're like, oh, well, I bought a ticket. It's like, yeah, you bought a ticket to watch a game, not come down here and like, fuck with us like you know what i mean like it's stupid i yeah i so i i was in cincinnati and i know those i know obviously you probably experienced it. those fans could obviously be like pretty decently bad with it but when i was there there was like no no fans i think because last year they were really bad but i went to go see luplo and hager like i mentioned and i'm talking to them on the third baseline we're just shooting the shit because i just drove nine hours with no brakes in my car to go see them and um this fan walks up in the middle of me and them having a conversation. Like I just drove to go see them, obviously. And he's like, he says to them to their face, like this autograph seeker, I would ask you guys for an autograph, but I don't know your name. What's your guys' names? And I'm like, I obviously just kind of, I, I like just, I was like, what the fuck? Are you? I was like, what the fuck did you just say, dude? Like I'm in the middle of a conversation <laughs> with these guys and you say that, like, that's what you say. And Hager and Luplo were just like off. They were like, "Whoa, just chill, chill, chill." I was like, "It just I, some of these people just like it's crazy." Like, especially the autograph seekers, it's crazy that these are real people that like exist and like say this shit to athletes. I mean, because half the there's, there's there's fans out there that know what they're doing or know who who who's who, and but there's also people that are just looking to like get autographs and sell them and stuff like that. So that could have been a person like that, but. Yeah, it's 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 stupid. You know what I mean? I get I get that sometimes, or I get some trolls. I'm like, who are you? And they're like, no, I'm just playing a mirror. Like, you know what I mean? But I yeah, that that's pretty. <laughs> I would I would I wouldn't even say anything if I was the person. I'd be like, uh, like excuse me. Like, I would look, and if I had a card of them, I'd be like, oh, okay. Can you sign? If not, I. You know what I mean? Obviously, it's, there's a picture. If you have a card, you can tell who's who. But yeah, 
how like, bad yeah, how how bad does Bobby Witt get it with the autograph seekers? Like a guy of that magnitude where it's like if he signs one, there's gonna be a fucking storm of people like coming down that aisle. Like how bad does Bobby Witt get it? Yeah, but Bobby gets it pretty, pretty, pretty good, but um, you know, he handles it really well though. He 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 really does. He he he's a Bobby's a professional, you know, like a but that's kudos to his parents and stuff like that, because I know his dad taught him, you know to be a big bigger but um yeah he gets it pretty bad who's like uh who's a teammate of yours that got it worse like the worst by fan bases when they would go to like opposing parks like booze like just absolute just offside <laughs> shit said to them and stuff like that uh i know Joe winker was, was pretty bad and like new uh, york winker, winker was bad in new york when he played with the Met, when he played against the mets he was that was that was that was crazy and uh because remember when he like would wave, wave to him, yeah. like, you know hit a home run or you know uh, caught up the last time he waved, but Joey Joey gets it kind of too. Joey Joey gets it, but jo- bro, you know Joey gets it from like Reds fans sometimes. Like it's, and I have no idea why. You know what I mean? Like, this dude's a Hall of Famer. Like it's it's it's. I'm appalled by it sometimes. You know what I mean? It's like how could you do this? Like slander this man? Like this is the face of the franchise and like everything he's done for us. And it's like how can that happen you know and like i said i get it i get it i i get it bad when i go and play the cubs but uh when i was the reds but you know all that is is like stuff that is like you should take in stride like you should be happy about that because like a lot of they don't they don't boo nobody's no um, they don't i mean if you if you've done something in your career to that team or you you know pitch good or you're a good player against that team it's like they're they're gonna do that but if you're like if you're just coming up and you're like just anybody like they're not gonna really care you know what i mean and you should just take pride in that like you know embrace it and say all right well i'm in your guys's head rent free so <laughs> yeah i know that's true that's a, that's a good point i mean it just yeah i like i know winker did get it pretty bad and he actually got it pretty bad from like mariners fans like while he was playing there because a couple articles came out about him like and stuff like that maybe you can clear that up because there was a couple articles Bro, let me, that yeah, came... let me, like like yeah that was that was crazy like i talked like winker's one of like it, obviously winker's like one of my best friends and uh winker's a good dude so like i i, I seen that article too and i was like damn like how can this be true? And I know it wasn't true. Um, I talked to players, you know, on the Mariners and stuff. But like yeah, that. you talk, you know, Tram, you know, Taylor Trim. He came on yeah, the podcast. Like, all those guys, like, bro, that was like the <laughs> Seattle was like a hotbed for the, the. There was so many former former Reds players there, and I was like, I was like, the, just the stuff I was reading, I was like, this is this is terrible. Like, there's somebody just just saying anything, like just saying anything. And Winker, what people don't understand when Winker got into it with the Angels, like people don't respect like guys taking up for, you know, younger guys anymore, or like taking like respect, like you standing up for your team because what he did there was like, they should, they should, they should hang like, like his pitcher up in that locker room. Because like, I remember when it was all going down, it was like the guy threw at Julio and Winker's like, nah, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's disrespectful. You're not going to be like throwing the ball at my guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and at that time, that's the only thing he can do is like, no, nah, I'm gonna show you guys what's up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my dude, and you know, and Wink is the kind of guy. He's like, hey, I got your back. Do it all. Like, if I get beat up, I'm gonna give him my all. I don't care. You know what I mean? And he's just like, no, nah, bro. Like that was bullshit. And he had to protect Julio. 
And um, I feel like uh, that team didn't respect that or, you know what I mean, They're the Mariners or whatever be it. But I'm just like, how can you not? Like, this is the face of your franchise. Like, he's sticking up for that guy. But that's all lost in the game nowadays. Like, nobody, nobody cares about – nobody respects, like, when people – when you go to war for your guys or something like that. It's like, like hockey it's, now, man. Like, in hockey – now you could take shots at the star players and have like no repercussions from guys like fighting you saying like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you yeah. touching this guy? It's like the same thing with baseball. Like I know for a fact, like if Vladdy gets hit on the blue Jays, nothing, there's going to be no repercussions. Like no one's going to throw out a player, another team. Maybe they will now. I'm not sure, but there's no really like accountability in the game of baseball. Now where it's like, you fuck with our star player. We're going to fuck with your star player. It doesn't yeah, happen. But now, anymore. Yeah. But now, now, because like you can't throw at guys, and I, I don't condone throwing at guys, but like, if you have a, if you feel a certain type of way, you should, hey man, like, fuck throwing at you, hey, you need to make it known, like, hey bro, like, or tell, like, hey man, I don't, I don't appreciate that. Like, you can, you can go up there, like, it's crazy because when I, when I was with Cincinnati, and um, it was like if a guy get hit, right? If a guy get hit, it was like, hey, don't, we're not gonna have the pitcher hit a batter if you don't like what just happened you go and handle it yourself and i don't know bro that's that's respect bro that's 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 respect we had in our locker room like because a lot of guys like in the old days if you did something you would you would get hit for it right and then they would try to have uh commotion in the locker room like one of the players but hey man you can't be doing that like i just got hit that's not how it is no more if you get hit it's like all right fuck it like cool if you have a problem with it go handle it if you don't have a problem with it Walk up first base. Do whatever you need to do. Turn around. If guy hits the ball, just ignore it. But don't retaliate with a baseball with a guy that's defenseless. He has helmet on. Like he can't react to it. But you know what I mean? That I think I think me personally, I think that's chicken shit. You throw the ball at somebody. If you you want to handle it, just all right. Take the consequences of what's gonna happen afterwards, though. But just handle it yourself. You know what I mean? But um, you know, yeah, this the guys don't respect like protecting each other, you know. And, that's and, and going back to that Reds team you had, I mean, that team looking back, I looked back on that roster the other day, that team was absolutely fucking insane. I mean, you see Luis Castillo, what he did in that playoff game against the Blue Jays. I mean, that team was just absolutely insane. Do you ever kind of take a step back and like you mentioned, you know it's a business and be like, man. What a team this like this Reds team could have been if we all just stuck together, like and they just kept us all together. Because I mean, Votto's just the last one there now. I mean, you don't have literally Lorenzen's gone, everyone's gone. That team was so special that 2020 year, man. Uh yeah, man. That 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 was uh you know, a team that I'll forever be grateful that I was a part of. But you know, like I said, it's a business and you know, there comes a time of in a in a guy's career or you know, if you're around for four or five years, like you're going to start to get too expensive for a small market team. And there were so many guys on that team are coming up in arbitration or coming up in free agency. It was just, you know, it's the business side that they weren't going to be able to afford it. But, um, you know, that's that's way above me. And me personally, if I had a team, I would want the best team no matter what. I want to win. But, you know, it's, it's a business side of things. Sometimes we don't understand things and how they look at it and, you know, Life goes on, though. Life goes on. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm looking at that roster, man. I mean, Barnhart, Votto, Moustakis, Suarez, 
uh, Winker, Castellanos. Yeah, squad, bro. That was a team. I mean, and you mention all the time, and you always talk about like how close that locker room was and stuff like that, which is probably like a factor for the amount of success you guys had and stuff like that. Just that is, that's absurd to me. I mean, that team was so good, but um, and you mentioned uh, you and I mentioned Castellanos. I got to ask you this. So when I went to go see Bryson play against the Jays, I, I went early, obviously, to go see him before batting practice. Talk to him. Nick Castellanos doesn't give a fuck. Like, I mean, I've never, and I wanted to ask you about that because he was in BP. Like everyone's kind of not dressed up, but they're wearing like just normal shirts and shit like that. This dude is sleeveless. He doesn't wear a hat. Like he just, his sunglasses are sideways. He doesn't give a fuck. And then he just mashes. So I want you to talk about playing with Nick Castellanos because this dude's a baller. Nick is a, he's a different kind of guy. Like, bro, like he has no, like, like no rush, like to do anything, but that's, that's, that's just him because he's just like, his mind is free. Like he doesn't want to put pressure on himself. Like he's a, he's a great teammate to have around. And it's like, Nick will do stuff. Like he'll fall asleep on the park bench for 20 minutes, right. On the park bench. And like, just, just fall asleep there. And like somebody's like, Hey man, you got some money. Like I remember a homeless person came to him and he just woke up and he's like, and gave the guy $20 and went back to sleep. <laughs> and I'm just like, Nick, like, you can't be doing that. And he's like, why, man? Like, I'm just chilling. Nobody's going to do nothing. Like, we're all just, you know, just peace and love. Like, that's how Nick is, bro. And it's just like, he has no rush to do anything, but he's a, he's a great dude, man. He's a great dude. He's an awesome baseball player, bro. He's an awesome baseball player. And it's like, Nick, every day we play, like, cornhole in the clubhouse. You know what I mean? It's like he doesn't put pressure on himself, bro. He doesn't. And it's just like, his, he's just, it's peace and love. That That's Nick, bro. That's, that's, that's how Nick is. He's one of those guys where he doesn't even need to like practice or train in the off season. He could just show up and just be nasty. Like he doesn't have to like train, doesn't have to work out, doesn't have to do anything. He's just, uh, he's just that guy. But we talked about Votto the last time we had you on, but I know his career is kind of coming to a close here and stuff like that. What's like the favorite Joey Votto memory you have like just playing with him or just something that kind of stuck stands out that just makes him different from like other guys you played with. Bro, Joey, like he's a, he's a great role model. He's a great friend. He's a great person. Like just not even baseball wise, just real life wise. He's just a great dude. Like the thing that sticks with me the most is Joey is out there working at first base every single day at about two o'clock and we get to the field joey's out there working you know what i mean a guy like him who's been in the in the league for how long he's been in and he's going to be in the hall of fame i haven't seen a lot of vets are out there at this point in their career just continue still continuing to work you know what i mean and that's just a testament of his career like he aims for perfection like that's just that's just how he is, bro. But I've never seen a player like like Joey is like he can first of all him hitting you don't get Joey out. Joey gets himself out, right? And he knows the strike zone so well, bro. And if you ask him, like, he'll tell you, he'll be like, Yeah, you're not gonna get me out unless I like I mess up or I make a mistake right here. But like to hear somebody say that, like you know they're the shit, bro. Like, you know they're the shit. And Joey's the shit. And I'm so excited for him to get back this year because I know he's going to 
he's going to play with a chip on his shoulder. You know, because last year he got hurt and stuff like that. But, bro, Joey's a like a first-class human being, bro. And it's it's I, I'm so glad that I was able to be a part of his his career for like five years. That I was in Cincinnati playing in the big leagues with him, and it, he's just a, he's just a great dude. He's uh, he's one guy like all of baseball's rooting for, like to get to get to a World Series at least. You know, like to get to be on like a World Series extending team. I know his contract's kind of tough with uh, the Reds and stuff like that, but I think a team's gonna take a flyer on him because I don't know how many years he has left, stuff like that. But he'll definitely do that. But um, so the second last thing I want to talk about is uh, the new coaching staff with the Royals and stuff like that. I saw that they have a completely. I think they've changed everything, right? Like it just, yeah, it's com- yeah completely new. Did they um ha- have they any of them like reached out to you or like do you, do you know have any like background or know any of like the coaches that they've brought in and stuff? Oh uh, yeah, they. I talked. I talked to all of them, the manager, the pitching coach, the assistant pitch, the bullpen coach. Like, I talked to all of them. Um, I'm very excited for you know what we got. Like, you know, to lead this team. Obviously, I don't know too much about our, our manager, but I know he's the bench coach for the Rays. And you know, just coming from an organization like that, like you know how those guys compete and stuff like that. It's it's a, it's a good look for us. And then we got a a new pitching coach came from Cleveland, and Cleveland, you know. Unbelievable, the they, yeah. The way they develop their pitchers is, you know, it's it's very good, you know, because two you have two teams that don't have like really big superstars on team that that win, you know what I mean? So you bring those two people, whatever the manager and the and the bullpen coach, I mean the 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 pitching coach from those organizations. I I just think that it's a uh, it's 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 a good look for for us, and um, you know, I'm excited to get out there and, and you know show what we got in 2023. Yeah, I mean, that park is just absolutely insane. I want to end it off with this. So we, I always ask guys, because, I, 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 you know, I love the off-the-field shit here. What's, yeah. like, what, what's, what is something that is, like, this is show compared to, like, that the fans don't realize or stuff like that? We had Matzik. Tyler Matzik said, like, it's the unlimited availability to, like, get any, any gear we want. Like, we can get, like, 10 hoodies if we wanted. They're going to leave them in our locker. Tyler Glass now said it was like uh, the water pressure in the showers. Spencer Strider said it was like um, just having your laundry done for you whenever you can get it. Like they have it done for you and made for you and the clubbies have that done. What's one thing in your mind that's like this is the show that the fans don't know about? Bro, I think it's just like just, you know, first of all, this is a testament like how like just in this sport, like, like behind the scenes, how hard people work, right? So I would have to say like the services the clubbies do. So like if I'm anywhere, I'm like, hey man, like, damn, I didn't make a reservation today. Uh, or like you know, if there's a like a restaurant in town that is like really good or whatever, and it's like they're booked up, and I'm like, hey, like, can you um pull some strings and get me in here? The clubbies in every city are awesome. They're oh yeah, ag, we got you set up. Like whatever, like whatever you need, like there's a car service here for you. They'll take you right wherever you need to go. And that, that stuff right there, like it, it's, it's so, it, it, bro, it's, 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 it's an awesome feeling that you can have that luxury, you know, like somebody can set up somebody like the clubbies can set that up for you. You get a dinner, you know what I mean? After the game at a place that's probably going to close in 20 minutes, but they keep it open for you. Like just stuff like that. You're just like, damn, this is show. This is sick, bro. Like this is sick. And, uh, you know, like I said, I've been around for a little bit, so it's a little bit more easier for you to do that now. Like once you get some time, people know who you are. But, you know, it's it's it's, it's pretty awesome. You're just like, damn, this is show. Like, this is sick. Is that a rumor, though, that like um, 
the more showtime you have, like the more umpires are going to be lenient with like calls that you get when you pitch and shit like that. Cause I always see stories of like uh, a rookie hitter at the plate, like an umpire saying, I'm not giving you that. I'm not giving you that pitch to like the hitter or whatever, stuff like that. Is that like, is that a myth or is that like true where some umpires will kind of seniority it? Like if you like the more like showtime you have, or if you're a rookie, you're going to have to earn that stuff or they want to see how you react to that stuff. It's, it's probably some truth to it, but like, you know, umpires, it's uh, umpiring is hard. I'm going to tell you a quick story about when I made my debut. Uh, Joe West was behind the plate and um, I was pitching against the Cardinals. And like, I walked the first guy, but it was like close, bro. Like really close. I thought the balls, I thought the balls I were throwing, I thought they were strikes. Right. And then it was like three, two. And then there was a call like right down the middle. I'm like, Oh, he's like ball four. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like whatever, you know, I got the inning, you know, do what I need to do. And I don't, I don't say anything. And I come up to bat because we're, oh, we're yeah. this time. and I go, I go, Joe, I go, uh, I said, that pitch was down, huh? I think, I think I had it down. He was like, no, it was right down the middle. He was like, I just wanted to see how you react. I was like, oh, okay. He was like, I was like, oh, okay. Cause I thought, I thought, I, I was like, I thought it looked like a ball, but he was like, no, just want to see how you react. And he goes, if you react like that, you're going to have a good career in here. Don't, you know, don't, don't. Give umpires, don't show umpires up. You're gonna you're gonna have a, a, a good career if you respond like that. But all right, thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. You know, just go about my business. Like <laughs> sometimes like you you can't you can't feed into a lot of stuff because you know the game's gonna test you, that people are gonna test you to see how you react. And you know, sometimes the way you react, it, good or bad, it, it, sometimes it can determine uh, you know, a, a call or whatever. But you know, like I said, uh, umpiring is hard. Those guys do a great job back there. Um, you know, it's they do that for a reason. A lot of other people can't do it. So, yeah. you know, it's, you know, it's tough. Well, anyways, man, it was a pleasure to have you on as always. Like I said, I'll always – I always mention it. I'll always be grateful for everything you've done for this and stuff like that. It's, it, it's, it's, what it's done is it's platooned into, like, other opportunities for me. Just the butterfly effect of you helping me out getting guests and doing all that stuff for me at the start has kind of – created so much stuff so I'll always for be grateful and rooting for you and stuff like that man um it does suck i only have i have a amir garrett rudd's jersey that's i i just i can't wear it because i just you, i don't you got to show love hey, we gotta get you a, we'll get we'll get you a Kansas we'll get jersey. me a royals we'll get me a, i'll buy yeah. we'll, we'll get a royals one but anyways man keep doing your thing i'm obviously pumped for you I, I i saw the behind the scenes and i know how hard you work and stuff like that and i know i look at the advanced stats and i know how successful you're going to be this year so i'm rooting for you brother and keep doing your thing man i'm pumped for you bro all right, Johnny, I appreciate you, bro. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. Thank you.